beautiful people, podcast listeners, Singaporeans, to all of you out there, welcome. This is episode 25 of Misfits. So this is where I speak to the rebels, outliers, unconventionals in Singapore and try to see things how they see it and to learn from them. Some of these individuals include Donnie Young, who has won the Grand Beatbox Battle Championship twice in a row. Benny Sitio, who is the co-founder of 18 Chef, Agent Pang, the famous theater director, actor, and a whole lot more. And today on the show, we have Sugar Shay. So, Pat Ding Shen, better known as stage name Sugar Shay, is a Singaporean hip-hop artist, songwriter, director, and music producer. So, in 2012, Sugar was named the Unsigned Talent of the Week by World Star Hip Hop. And he was also the first Singaporean hip-hop artist who had made it to the iTunes top charts with his song, Lim Bay. In 2016, Sugar Shay was invited by the U.S. ambassador to perform at the White House State Dinner after the party. So Sugar was the founding member of hip-hop group Grizzle Grind Crew, as well as production company Grizzle Flum. And he films and directs most of his music video. I think most of all, uh, I'm really excited to speak to him because he's just a young guy, 25 years old, um, not too far away and achieved so much in his life. So I'm really keen to find out what made him who it is in his journey and what has he learned from all these experiences. So in the conversation, which you'll be hearing coming up, um, we spoke about um, his vision for his career, Shiga's vision, Shiga's how he dealt with the passing of his father and the advice for young budding artists and much, much more. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Sugar Shay. Thank you so much for taking your time out to do this interview. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I know you've been flying in and out of Singapore, very busy if you're doing music. So I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. And I've been really wanting to interview you for a while now uh, when I first uh, heard of uh, your music. Uh, and that was back when I was beatboxing, and and you mentioned we did a show together. Yeah, we did. I didn't even did. remember. We, we did a we did a school show together. No way. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, I think one thing that people don't know about you is that you actually direct and produce most of your uh, music videos. And I have to say that uh, they are very well done. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I love that. them. So at the age of twenty four, you've achieved so many things. So my first question to you is that you know. When you're overseas and someone will come up to you and ask you, assuming that they don't recognize you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? What do I do? Um, yeah. uh, I, just, I just tell them that I make music. You know, music is my main thing. Then um, the directing, producing, and uh, all the other stuff is like it, it falls in line after that. Fashion and uh, um, film and acting and everything else is uh, like my second love. Yeah. Music would always be my first love. And with every guest uh, on the interview, I'd like to find out a little bit about their origin story. So if you can take a step at describing your childhood, you know, paint us a picture. My childhood. Um, so I grew up in uh, Gimo. I spent, I spent my whole life in Gimo, like 18 years. Um, Gimo, Queenstown-ish. That whole area, that whole stretch, Commonwealth. That's like where I spent like my whole, uh, between the age of uh, seven until like you know, uh, until I finished the army and everything. So, um, I come from a, I'm only child of my family. Uh, my mom only speaks Mandarin. My dad only speaks English, and then they communicate with Hokkien. 
So that's uh, so this is how I grew up. Like I had to speak only English to my dad, and I only could speak Mandarin to my mom. So I'm kind of like forced to learn both languages, and at the same time, when I listen to them communicate, it's in Hokkien. So that's how I like picked up the different languages. Really cool. So they they each of them didn't try to learn each other's language, but they communicate in this um, middle did. language. They they did. Oh, I mean, my my mom can speak English, but it's like you know, uh, it's not like her her language of choice. It's uh broken English, and my my dad speaks Mandarin, but it's horrible. So yeah. So both of them probably would be hard to communicate in each other, like mother tongue, um, like me and my mom too. You know, like like me, my mom speaks uh, uh, Chinese to me all the time. But then whenever I want to try to argue on a point, and the English comes out, and it's like, "Hey, you don't speak your that kind of English, ah, I can't understand." It's like, okay. <laughs> and you know, um, you went to Henry Park Primary, and then followed by you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you found out about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's kind of my job, right? So. <laughs> And and then Queensway Secondary. Yeah. How were you a student back in the day? Um. Okay. Henry Park is a. Henry Park is a nice school. Henry Park Primary School. It's a nice school. It's like, you know, you get a lot of like the, rich kids that go there. You know. Okay. But but I was never one of the. I was just there because I stayed in Gimo, and I got and like uh Henry Park was a school where, all the rich kids in Singapore want to go. Like the parents want to send them there. No way. I didn't know so, that. So. You know, for schools in primary school and stuff, you can only go to the school if, like, you know, you make special donations or if you live really close by to that area. So I happened to stay in Gimore, which is like super near Henry Park, which is how I got in. But I was like one of the worst students there. You know what I mean? Like one of my worst grades and all that. But I, 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 I had a I had a PSLE score of like I think two one two or something like that. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's not I'm, too I'm bad. Like two two eight, so not too yeah, far apart. Yeah, not not too bad. But like two one two is like neighborhood school, straight up. You know what I mean? Okay. You express, but neighborhood school, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I couldn't go to like uh, Chinese High or whatever, like River Valley, or like, where all my cousins and all my other relatives were going to. You know, like the Raffles or the smarter schools, and if you want to call it that way. And you know, I went to Queensway, which is a neighborhood school, and um, that that place changed my life in, in a lot of ways. Like um, that's where I kind of I started rapping at nine, um, but that was just like you know. Um, for fun and like doing it as a hobby and just trying it out and stuff. But at uh, Queensway was when like um, I really met a lot of people that were into hip hop music too. So Harry Park, no one likes hip hop. They liked it, but it's not really. I mean, I don't blame them too. It's in primary school, you know. Right. So <laughs> the type of music that we listen to is like. Uh, whoa, whoa. I don't think people were listening to music in primary school too. No, no. I think there wasn't any MP3 player back. Back I had a Walkman though. Yeah, Walkman. Yeah, it's like one of those Sony ones or yeah, Enza, Sony, one. Enza. <laughs> Sony, Sony Walkman. Oh, oh okay, so you okay. put the CD in, and I remember like my first CD that I ever bought was a uh, Eminem show. Oh, so like you know, back in the day, if you have a yeah. Walkman, you just either you listen to the radio or if you have a CD, you just put it in and you you listen to the album for like repeat months. over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, over. exactly. Cleaning out my closet yeah. without me. Yeah, Cleaning out my closet was the first song that uh that I heard that uh, made me want to rap. Wow. Yeah. It was like there was so yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And and you know, when you transited to 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 Queensway, it seems like you have found like your tribe. Because I mean in Harry Park, do you do you feel like you belong there or I wouldn't say I found my tribe, but it's just it's just uh it's just a different environment, you know, to grow in. Yeah. In Queensway it's definitely more rough. Yeah. I mean you How know, would you describe rough? Uh Every other class 
every other guy was from a gang, you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. okay. So, yeah, and, and I, was, I wasn't from a gang, but, like, you know, uh, a lot of my friends were. But, uh, you know, it just opened me to a different... Because I just was speaking to um, Benicito, uh, 18 Chef. Uh-huh. And he, he he really taught me like what 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 gang was it like back in the days and which is like but that's probably that back in the day that that's like probably even like more yeah yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but like my time I don't think it was that crazy but it's just that was there fights and yeah, yeah, yeah there were fights and all that the toilets like you know what I mean like all the time man. and Whoa. you know sometimes if people flip the, the 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 chair in the in the canteen you know what I mean the the long chairs oh okay the bench yeah, yeah, yeah. the bench when it falls and you, when you hear that sound like, you know, oh. <laughs> and sometimes they do that and then they fight la, or like you know whatever it is la. so Queen Street was like one of the places where right but how then how did you fit in into that whole you know sin like what, what were your I was like, like the nerd oh like the the weird nerd very very weird like just like I was just out of place My I was not very cool so like you know what I mean like I was the guy that because uh, uh, Queen Street was known for Sepa Takro and their soccer Sepa Takro okay. you know the the it's like the a, feather thing is that no no feather no. um, the ball the small the, little rattan ball yeah the rattan ball oh, okay yeah. okay so it's famous Queensway is famous for that like they always win gold and stuff lah you know so sepak takro and uh, soccer so you know I could play sepak takro but I wasn't like super good at it and soccer I was horrible so I was you know doing PE lessons yeah you play soccer and stuff um uh like basically the teacher would like get get to um maybe team leaders and then they'll pick their team members and stuff. I was always the last to be picked for sure. Yeah. Cause I sucked at that. And, uh, I was always like the goalkeeper cause that was the, the, uh, I think I was defender. Right, one, right. one of those last few. Yeah. yeah. I was always the goalkeeper and I hated that shit. Cause like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I was that kid until I started rapping until people figured out that I, that I could rap. Then things like, you know, kind of, wow, when was that? That was sec. That was, uh, I think sec when I was 14. No, when I was 14, I performed for the first time. That was at my dad's birthday. Yeah, in front of my relatives. Then And then at 15, I performed in 15, late, like, sec three, like, at the end of sec three, like, November-ish or before November, I think Teacher's Day or something, performed in school. Like, that was my first time performing in school. And then performing at Teacher's Day as a secondary school kid is, like, a big thing, you know what I mean? No, for sure. So I did that, and then... And then um, uh, the kids just viewed me slightly differently from from then. Like, I, I wasn't so much of a the loser after that, you know. Yeah. No, but, I think after I know I perform when when uh, during Teacher's Day too, but I I still am the loser. I remember back in the days in the classroom beatboxing, and then my friend would be like opening up his umbrella. It's like stop spitting saliva at me. Oh, I'd be like, oh, come on. And now it's like, look who's laughing. <laughs> who's making money from spitting saliva? <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, how you know? What when was your first paid performance? First paid performance? Yeah. Uh um probably when I was like uh I think uh sixteen, seventeen maybe? Sixteen seventeen, maybe for like uh for like a school show. Yeah. And it was like how yeah, how was that? What 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 what? Uh, I can't, kind of I can't that... remember exactly which school was it, but like it was a school show, and and uh, I think it was like a hundred or hundred fifty dollars or something like that. It's yeah. not bad. Yeah, for for a first show, like getting getting a check for my first show, there was like when I was sixteen. It was a check. No, it wasn't a check. It was okay. just cash. Okay. But yeah, at yeah. sixteen, hundred fifty dollars is like a lot of money, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now this different, but like back then, it's like 
I didn't know you could make money from like doing what you love, you know. Yeah. How do you feel, man, when you know you received that first paycheck? Oh, it was good. I was just I just kept the money, and then uh, did you did you celebrate at all? Not really. <laughs> not really. I think I bought something, but yeah, not really celebrate or anything. Yeah. And you know, like I think back in the days, also even for now, you know, there's a, so many. There's a huge array of different kind of like a uh, uh, rapper or MC musician with different uh, vibes and different styles. You know, who were some of your heroes uh, back in the days? I mean, you spoke about Eminem. Rap- rappers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eminem is definitely one of them. Like greatest rapper of all, rapper of all time for me. Um, Eminem, Jay Z, um, for his uh, swag, charisma, flow, success. Um, Eminem, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Tupac, Tupac Shakur, uh, for his, um, the realness, his heart, um, his passion, yeah, Tupac was known for that, um, Nas, for his lyricism, for his, um, wordplay, metaphors, uh, Biggie, for just crazy flow and punchlines, oh, yeah. Biggie is just another, you know, East Coast, uh, legend or like one of the kings of hip-hop to me yeah so these are the few people that i and no coming back coming now to present time you know um of course we have then the musician but now in respects because you actually bring out different categories of like this is for the lyricists and and you know jay-z for the success and now like who are your heroes in terms of maybe for for, for career-wise showmanship uh, for all-round performer or for business, uh, did that change? Did the few heroes change comparing back when you're you're, you're 16 and and now? Not really. The uh, those are people that I would always look up to until now. You know, it's the same people I look up to. It's just that, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's still the same, and I think it's, it'll be the same for probably the rest of my life. Yeah, because those are the people that shape my. Um, mentality in a way yeah and when was your first big break yeah i mean you have you know you, you get paid like 100 feet right but like when you know it was like wow i can do this mm, probably when i when uh when i dropped uh limpe yeah that was when like uh when went number one on itunes um back in 2013 and at, at that point in time um there was no Singaporean song that, that, that was ever number one on iTunes, you know. So to have uh, Limpe, you know, go number one, and it was like, you know, on the on the front page of the, the papers and everything. And I was still in the army. Oh, yeah. So when that happened, drama club. Yeah, music and drama company, yeah, MDC, um, which, which uh, you know, I owe a lot to. So like it helped shape my, my showmanship, my performance skills and everything. Yeah, MDC is a... Definitely a place that um, made me excel in my career a lot more. Yeah. And so when when you went to MDC and you know when you hit top charts in iTunes, now you know that wow, this is something that I really can do for the rest of my life. What were no, but the thing is, yeah. before that even happened, okay, when I was fourteen, I already like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Regardless of whether, like, you know, um, I just kind of knew and I wanted this for the rest of my life. It, it, it wasn't whether, like, I was going to be number one or whether, of course, I wanted to be number one and stuff, but whether I was going to make money from it 
uh, a knot was not uh, something that was on my mind. It was more like, uh, I like to do this. It makes me happy when I do this. I love to do this and I want to do this for the rest of my life. That's all. Yeah. And when you say this, because now that you do so many things, right? How do you define the, this? What is this for you in the array of things that you do now? Creating. Okay. Creating. Yeah. Creating music. That's uh, the thing. But uh, I mean, as, as, I, as I progressed along the years, like creating music expanded into creating different forms of art, like film or like uh, uh, directing or like um, producing or acting even. You know, it's, it's just different form of uh, expression. Yeah, for you to um, do different forms of art, I feel. Yeah, and 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 did you need to bring up that uh, weird, awkward conversation with mom? Or not really, man. Like, uh, not really. Like when I was fourteen, I remember like uh, I spent all my Chinese New Year money on like recording equipment. Like, you know, I bought a mix, the Yamaha mix, a smaller Yamaha mixer with the cables. I bought a. Back then, like, um, condenser microphones were a lot more expensive than what it is now. So I had to save up a lot to get a condenser mic. And to get a pop filter was, like, a major hustle, man. Like, you know what I mean? To get that. It was, like, $100 over dollars for yeah, one pop filter. Yeah. But back then, like, I couldn't afford that. So I had to, like, really save up and get the pop filter, get the microphone stand, get the condenser mic, get the wires, get the mixer, and then save up for, like, a proper computer. Back then, I was using a Windows computer, so... Um, the program that I had to use was uh, Adobe Audition. Ooh. Yeah, so I had to like, you know, kind of learn how to um, record myself. And back then, YouTube, they didn't have like so many tutorials. So I really had to like, watch, I, I would watch like these documentaries of uh, uh, Dr. Dre or Jay-Z or Eminem, Timberland in the studio. They're working on stuff and I'm like, okay, this, I'm going to try to do like what I think they're doing, you know, and I just recorded myself. And from there, just like, you know, and my mom just kind of, I mean, of course, she didn't really take me seriously at first, like, you know, I'm a, I was a kid. But eventually along the way, I think she kind of realized, like, you know, yeah, I'm, I was serious about this, yeah. And did she, you know, have any hopes? You know, being Asian parents, you know, they always want uh, their kids to be, I don't know, doctor, lawyer. Did, did, did mom have any of that for you? Uh, all my relatives had that for me, except my mom. Yeah, my mom just wanted me to do, uh, wanted me to do something that would make me happy. Yeah, but the rest of my relatives, they all wanted me to go to a good school, wanted me to be a lawyer, wanted me to be a doctor, wanted me to be this, wanted me to be that. Everything that I didn't want to be, yeah. And and I bet those are conversations that you, you're being brought out in Chinese New Year. Like, like, yeah, back then, yeah, all the time, like, you know, how's your studies, uh, what, what school are you going to, and all, they would compare grades and stuff, you know. And all my other, like, cousins and all that were, like, older than me, they were all, like, from Raffles, you know, and, like... Uh, uh, VJ and like you know they go, they graduate with honor, honors and stuff like from NUS and whatever master degree from overseas and all that so I was like the only one that uh, you know I, I just did a diploma so like um, I went to poly I was the only one that went to poly so for, like I didn't go to JC right so the rest of them were like uh, they were kind of worried in a way I guess but but how but this is the, the, the your cousin's parents right but what about your your cousin's how how did they feel about about all that? Uh, they they, they were cool, man. They were oh. okay, man. Yeah, they they were, they were they were chill. Um, but uh, it's more like the 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 older generation, like cousins from our generation. I think we're all pretty much open minded already. So yeah. 
Yeah, and, and when was that shift that happened for them that, you know, now they, they're like, oh, maybe you, <laughs> the lawyer thing and doctor thing is not your cup of tea. Uh, after I did the song with Stephanie Sun. Yeah. Before that, it was, it was still like, they would still ask me, like, when are you going to get a proper job? And da, da, da. What was the conversation then when, after you did the, the, the song with? The Stephanie Sun? Yeah, yeah. Well, because the conversation before was like, you know, like, when's this uh, doctor thing going to happen for you? What's your grace like? The doctor thing happened for me, but more like, when are you going to go back to further your studies? Or when you're going to go get a proper nine to five job, you know? Um, yeah, but after that Stephanie Sun thing, you know, I think they kind of accepted it. Like, Okay, like, let's just let him do what he want to do, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Before that, yeah. Cool. Did, did the, 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 what's the Genesis? Actually, I'm interested because I am actually, uh, Genesis story of, uh, uh, that song with Stephanie Sun. Did she reach oh. out or, you know, did you reach out? Um, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to speak to her actually just by the, the, the longevity of her career, you know, that'd be interesting. Yeah. To, to speak to. She definitely is a legend. Um, what happened was, uh, like Ruth Ling, uh, who was like, Stephanie's uh, keyboard is on tour and stuff. Uh, she owns a, a record label and a studio called Red Roof Records. So what happened was for SG50, she wanted to put together an album that uh, it was a compilation of all these different artists and, 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 and Singaporean artists and stuff. And she wanted people to collaborate and stuff. So she reached out to Stephanie and, uh, you know, everybody was on it. Like a lot of people were on that album, man. Like Nathan Artono, um, Cesari, um, Sam Willows, um, Pang Wenfu, Liang Wenfu. Um, oh, Liang Wenfu too. Liang Wenfu wrote the song that I did with Stephanie. Sun. Oh no way! Yeah. No, he, he 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 composed it. Yeah, and uh, just a whole bunch of uh, legendary people, man. Rani Singham, Jeremy Montero, just all the OGs in Singapore, all in one album, Singapore album. And so um, when Ruth reached out to Stephanie, uh, you know, with this idea and stuff, she 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 said yes. Then she 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 said yes, but um, she requested to work with me. Oh. Yeah, Stephanie requested work with me, so, um, which was, you know, but I didn't even know that she knew who I was, you know, so, so, so Ruth, Ruth, Ruth gave me a call and she was like, hey, uh, this is Ruth, da, da, da. um, um, I was, I was, uh, would you be open to doing a song with, uh, Stephanie's son? Like, uh, she, she requested to do a song with you, something like that. And I was like, Wait, 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 Stephanie Sun, Stephanie Sun. Are you talking about Stephanie? Then I was like, and then she was like, yeah, I was just like shocked. Uh, and, and obviously like, no, hell the yeah. The genre even then was very, very different, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the genre that she is used to and you are used to. She's used yeah. to, uh, I guess so, but you know, uh, music is music, I guess. Did you find out later, like why did she request you or did she have a song in mind that really needed um, you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why she reached out. But, but I mean, she, she liked my music. She liked what I was like. She, the, she liked the, um, that I was just like weird, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, but, but I was, I was just, I was just shocked. I was like, hell yeah. Like, I'm going to do a song with Stephanie Sun. Of course, I'm not going to say no. Hell yeah. And like I said, yes. And that happened. And then, uh, um, uh, what happened was we did the song and then, um, I was I was in a studio with Liang Wenfu. Uh, I was I was I wasn't in the studio with Stephanie though, because I think she was on tour at that point in time. So Liang Wenfu wrote the song for Stephanie, and like um, I was in a studio with Liang Wenfu. I wrote the rap, and then he he kind of uh, he 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 liked it. He didn't change much of my lyrics, yeah, which was which was crazy to me because my Chinese is not very good. And uh, Liang so, Wenfu so for 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 anyone here, Liang Wenfu, if you guys want to like look into it. 
uh, just uh, one of these really old school uh, Chinese, uh, what do you say? It's like Xing a, Yao. Xing Yao. Uh, yeah, one of the he, creators for Xing Yao. Yeah, yeah but, and one yeah. of those Chinese uh, 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 songwriters that don't write a lot about just love, and which is rare in the Chinese music scene. And when I, I first heard his uh, music on the, the radio, and the, the, the content of his music is like, wow, this, this is amazing. The reference that, that he used and it's also very, uh, co-localized. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll put a link, uh, to Liang Wenfu. I really, really love, uh, yeah. his music. He's definitely a legend uh, in, in his own right. Yeah. So then, um, we shot the music video and then that was when, uh, uh, I think, I think Stephanie's assistant, like, um, like, Stephanie, Stephanie called like me on the phone, and she was like, uh, "Hey, uh, thanks for doing the song." Da, 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 da. I, I was wondering who was on the line at first. You know, I was like, "I was like, oh, hey, uh, well, okay, well, who, who, who's this?" Da, da, da. And then the person was like, hey, "That's Stephanie." And I'm like, "Oh, hey, like, what the fuck? Like, thanks for thanks for getting me in the song." You know, I was I was just happy to yeah. work with her, and it was just such an incredible honor. Man. And then um, we did the music video, and then we did the show together. We did the performance together, and performing with her was a uh, Crazy because I had my I had my mom and my aunt in the front row. Oh, yeah. So that was that was a, that was a that was a moment for me, man. For, for real, yeah. I I remember that because I was I was on stage with Stephanie and like everybody was on stage, like Willows. Everybody was on stage at the at the final part, and then um, I was like I told um I told Stephanie like hey that's my my mom my mom's right there, and and Stephanie was like oh your mom's here it's so cute and then Stephanie waved to my mom. Okay. Yeah, and my mom was like hey you know what I mean. <laughs> So that was uh that was that was a moment, man, for me. Yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> just something off tangent, but you know, I, I you talk about the the, the call actually uh, that you didn't know who it was. I remember one thing that happened to me, uh, and I'm definitely gonna definitely cut this out, but I'll just share with you. Uh, someone called me. I was just almost like waking up from my sleep, and then one of those like, "Yo, you know, can you get me this uh, contact from from this person they work with?" I was like. Who are, uh, who are you? And it's like, I'm Shake. It's like, who, 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 who's Shake? It's like, yo, stop saying, oh, uh, I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know who you are. And it's like, I'm Shake Haiko. It's like, uh, and then I was just like, then he was just like lamenting me, like, da 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 <laughs> but and, and, and it was a funny story. Uh, and then after that, I, I called my friend. He's like, "Yo, this this guy called Shake Haiko. Like, like, want your contact? You know, this is cool to like pass it over." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, cool." <laughs> but it was just like, <laughs> yeah, just remember that. God damn. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, diploma. So you took diploma in um, media and communication after um, you know Queensway. Queensway. Was it a Nashville thing? Why? Why did you choose that? Um, because you could just go into music production, which is like what Danny did in TV, yeah. right? But you took. The- I did uh, media and communications in uh, Singapore Poly, which is like basically mass communications with a different name, lah. Um, I did that because uh, I wanted to know about the, uh, because I was already doing music every day, like I don't need to go to school to do music. So I wanted to do something that I wasn't doing at home. You know, I wanted to learn something that I don't know, like the business side of music. You know, the advertising side of music. Because for Mass communications is what you kind of learn. You know, you go through uh, business relations to advertising, the PR to, um, you know, uh, journalism, uh, broadcast journalism to film to like everything. So this is what I really wanted to learn. And, and that's what kind of um, 
Singapore Poly did for me in a way. Yeah. And what were some of the biggest lessons you took out of that? Um, that's where that's where I met. Uh, that's where I learned how to. I learned how to direct. Um, basically, uh, Mr. Low, uh, Low Aikun. He 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 was the director of uh, Portugal. Yeah, he 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 happened to be my lecturer. Yeah, so and uh, yeah, so he taught me how to direct music videos and how to everything. Uh, like he he taught me a lot how to edit and stuff. So and then. Um, he was also like I was classmates with Oskit. This guy Oskit, he sh- he sh- he shoots all my music videos. Um, he's my DOP and like uh, still does. Uh, yeah, still does. But I haven't shot a music video in a while. But probably will work with him again. So like he's my day. He's the guy that I uh, one of the guys that I started uh, Grizzle Grind Crew with. So DJ Nash D and Oskit and Oskit was my classmate to uh, you know Mr Low. So. After I did three years in poly, I went to the army, right? And then Mr. Lowe happened to become leave the poly or so, and then he became the head of MDC. Oh, yeah. okay, that, so that, that like was a, nice. That was yeah, nice. It's a coincidence, yeah. I remember like just trying my hardest to get into MDC, and just uh, it's like you don't have you don't have a tendency, you can't. Like, yeah, Arr. yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard, man. You, you, have <laughs> right? be, you have to be lucky to get in MDC. You got like hustle so hard, and I, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. even get in, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and no back back then, during um your poly days is like in two thousand eight you got featured in uh, World Star Hip Hop as um the unsigned artist uh for the month. What what I mean just going back in time, what were your visions and goal back then for yourself? That was in uh twenty ten. Yeah, twenty ten. Um yeah, that was in twenty ten when I when I dropped my first um mixtape. And uh that was my vision back then was just basically, you know, I, because there wasn't really like um, a rap, rap per se or a hip hop scene here. There is a hip hop scene for sure. But like uh, for, for, for rappers wise, um, nobody was really going uh, international in that sense. So there wasn't a, there wasn't somebody for me that I could look up to to follow. So I just had to, I knew I wanted to do it, but I don't know how to do it. But I had the passion for it, so I just dived into it. Like, just do it, you know, just do it, and then figure out how to do it later. <laughs> so that was my mentality, and then just and my video just uh, miraculously just ended up on World Star Hip Hop, which is very lucky, and uh, yeah, a lot of doors opened from that thing too. Wow, and you know, like, what has changed since then? What has this vision or this goal? Um, of yours changed after after that and, and you know, since then? How has it changed? Yeah. I mean, back then you didn't have anyone to look up to. So maybe you want to do this, but maybe not to a, like a, a clear picture of like, I want to get here. This is the place I want to be. So it's maybe a little bit more murky. But now that uh, doors have sort of like opened for you, what is this big vision that you have for yourself compared to back then? Or if that's changed at all? Um, I think the vision, the vision and, um, my purpose, um, has always been the same and it will never change. Like, it's just basically to make music for the rest of my life and, um, you know, uh, inspire people, inspire people that, um, come from less than regular people and, um, you know, kind of give people, empower people with the mentality that you can do anything that you want to as long as you believe. Yeah. Because I came from a place where 
um, a lot of people told me not to believe. Yeah, in a lot of things. Like, told me this was not possible, that was not possible. And, you know, I was just, I was just um, weird in a way that uh, I just blindly believed, even when everybody told me not to believe. And things happened. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you can do anything you want to do in this world as long as you believe and you're willing to put in 200% of the hard work that, um, more, more hard work than anybody else, you can make um, whatever you want come true. And we're going to definitely dive in a little bit into the hard work part because uh, uh, you work really hard. <laughs> so before, before we do that, we, I'm going to do a left turn over here and I'm going to ask you this question, which is more, it's a bit hard to answer, but we'll see how it goes. Um, water? Okay. <laughs> what are some uh, belief or achievement or objects that matter to you greatly back then that maybe now not so much? What are some objects and or achievements that you have back then that didn't matter so greatly now? Um, achievements back then. Um, I guess like, you know, performing on TV for the first time back, back in the day was like big for me, you know, like, whoa, I went on TV, you know what I mean? But now it's just like... Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, I still appreciate it. You know, I, I appreciate every single second of it. Like whenever I get to perform at a show, definitely would give them a 150% of every single show because you never know when it's going to be your last, you know? So, um, but I guess going on TV back then meant the world to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, for the next question, uh, again, yeah, this is a tough question and you don't need to answer this if you don't feel like and we can always edit this out so back in 2009 uh, when you're in SP um, your, your dad passed away you know did that affect you in any way and how did you deal with it um, I mean of course it affected me in a huge way like I mean I'm an only child losing, losing my dad would you know uh, would mean that uh, I have to you know step up to be the man of the family, you know, to take care of my mom. And I was uh, 17 back then. Uh, um, my, my dad was like the sole breadwinner of the family. And then, you know, losing my dad meant that my mom had to go to work and I had to like, you know, um, try find extra ways to get cash. And um, it was just me and my mom, basically. So I had, to, I had to grow up really quick. I had to grow up really, really quick in, in, in a short matter of time. And it was, uh, it was a really tough time for me. But I think at the same time, it was um, artistically, it was it was great for me too, because um, it kind of I like there was I was going through so much pain and struggle that I had to um, kind of um, release it, find find a release for it, you know. And music um, happened to be there, and that's when I when I you know um, that's why that's why that's why that's why I put so much into my music, yeah. No, and I only ask this question because um, there might be a small group of us that are dealing with this, you know, yeah, with sure. the passing of a of a of a loved one, and have no idea how to sort of release this uh, emotional vow. Um, so you know, with you sharing that, I think it, it, people might be an option for for people that you know maybe sure. diving into music or. But I think um, you know, losing losing life and death is something that everybody has to go through, you know, and. Um, losing 
losing our parents would be a part and parcel in life also. You know, it's just a cycle of life. It's just how we deal with it and how we grow from it. You know, it's a pain that everybody has to go through. And I think anybody that's going through it right now or, or whatever, you know, uh, they just have to know that it's something that uh, everybody goes through. You know, it's just something you can't avoid. You can't escape from it. You just have to go through it and uh, fig- figure out your own way of dealing with it. I, I use music to deal with it, but everybody would have a different way. And I, I'm sure if you... If you if you kind of tell yourself that you're gonna you're gonna come out stronger, you will. Yeah. And what what is the toughest part that you need to deal with? Is it more the you mentioned financials, or is it more the emotions or the tougher part? I think um, the tougher part was probably. I mean, my relatives were really helpful. You know, although it was just me and my mom and stuff. So uh, we 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 never really uh, asked for help, but like they were always offering help. So in that sense, like. My rel- financially, my relatives were like, you know, ready to support us if we were to really, really be super down or, or whatever. Uh, but for, I guess for more, more on the emotional side, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Cause I had to be, uh, I had to, I had to be the backbone for my mom, you know? Yeah. I, I, I gotta be the man. Cause if, if not, um, who's going to be the man? And what were the, some of the conversations that you need to tell yourself? Um, that you know went through your head during uh, those times that I had conversations I had to tell myself um, just because there's a lot of noise and a lot of things that, that are going through like what are those things that, that are going through your mind during that period of time and you know, what do you tell yourself otherwise um, I guess uh, I, just, I just kept looking forward yeah I just kept I never looked back I just kept looking forward and like Keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. That's why I'm doing so many things always, you know. Just bam, 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 bam. Just I don't, I don't, I don't like to stay at one place. I like to, I like to uh, have um, freedom for my mobility. Yeah, and that kind of helps me, you know, let go of the past. Yeah. Yeah, I think just being able to 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 do things and at least things are moving forward by you doing yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, sort of like paints picture that like hey you know there's uh, maybe like a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and, and, and things are moving forward yeah yeah and this is going to be another left and again um, as an artist um, and, I, and, I, and this topic was actually brought out too with uh, the interview with Dani you know we all deal with this issue of making money versus selling out um, yeah maybe I just get some of your thoughts on that what, selling out yeah I mean when you make money then equals to you selling out and you know i think uh, i mean i don't ag- agree with that at all like to me selling out is doing something that you you don't want to do and then getting paid for it that's selling your ass but if you're getting paid to do what you love to do how is that selling out how is how is that selling out when you um when you get paid to do what you love every single day i mean if making money is not selling out at all, like if somebody tells you that, that person is just jealous and sour because he's not making money doing what he loves. But yeah, if you're doing money, making what you love, man, and, and that's not selling out at all, man, to me. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Selling out is basically, I feel like if you, if you're doing, if you, if you, if you, if you're doing something that you hate just for the money, that's selling out. Yeah. And how do you deal with all this, like, 
annoys, or I like to put it, that you know, other people or comments or from haters. Um, Do you have any? Of course, I mean, like, I mean, with with love, it comes hate. It's just a yin, yin and yang kind of thing, you know. And you just you just kind of, I just kind of respect people's opinions, man. If they don't like me, they don't like me. If I'm okay with it, you know. So. But did you did you did you grow that attitude like later on in life, or or this is or you know this is something even before then you you uh, sort of feel that way? Definitely, like later on in life, I guess. Like I mean, starting out, like there was a lot more hate when I just started out as a rapper because, like you know, being a rapper in Singapore is like people have never seen it before. It's like, yeah. why is this Chinese kid trying to be like like black and trying to trying to rap and all that kind of stuff? But along the way, you kind of learn how to manage that. That hate and negative energy, and you learn how to uh, channel that into positive energy, and you kind of learn how to use use the hate and negative energy as your fuel for your motivation, and 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 um, you kind of use it to your advantage, you know, so that you wouldn't let uh, how other people uh, other people's opinions of you affect your. Um, Your strength and your and your energy, yeah. I think that's such a great lesson for anyone who's doing art to 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 know, to. And I mean, in that instance, is there any um, mentors or individuals that you know have impacted your life uh, greatly? That what mentors in my life? Yeah, a lot of them, and I, I I've been very blessed and fortunate to have um, uh, a lot of mentors. Uh, to have met a lot of mentors like uh, along my life, like different different stages of my life, I met different mentors. I, I had different mentors uh, teach me about different things, whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's uh, acting, whether it's uh, about just life lessons in general. And I think that um, having mentors at different parts of your life is very important, you know, because uh, as human beings, we're always learning. We always have to be learning, you know. Like you know what I mean. So you you kind of gotta always have the mindset of learning and 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 um, having different mentors in your life because mentors are people that have been through things that you have not, and they go through the the pain and the bullshit for for you to learn from it, so you don't have to go through whatever they go through. You know what I mean? Like, just like learning from history. History is there for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of learn from the past and not make the same mistakes that people have made. Yeah. And and were these mentor some people that you seek out personally, or they just sort of like fall into your life? It's a, they sort of just fall into my life. Yeah. And always like uh, just these different mentors in my life. It's just. I think it's just when you put out a certain form of energy out, like a certain form of positive energy out there, um, the universe works in a very funny way, man. It just um, positive energy kind of attracts positive energy too. So I just think that you know the same type of people with the same mentality kind of comes, um, yeah, comes together. Yeah. And on in in the topic of mentors, um, if people, how do you differentiate good mentors? Uh, versus mentors that doesn't suit you, you gotta go with your gut feeling. Yeah, I can't tell you who's right, who's wrong, who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. It's all about the vibe, you know. Sometimes when you feel it's right, it's right. When you feel it's not right, 
you know, right? Yeah. And are there any mentors or lessons that, you know, that pop up to you in your, in the top of it? Are there any, like, person that come up to mind that, like, wow, this person really... No. Uh, Mr. Lo is probably one of my, yeah, definitely one of my biggest mentors. Yeah. Teacher back in poly, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm, and what are some, I mean, Darling actually uh, raised up these questions, which is, you know, what are some revenue models that, you know, you have explored that, you know, wouldn't necessarily, uh, I mean, maybe take the stress off uh, of a musician or artist uh, selling out? Uh, that are maybe not so common uh, or known to artists, uh, maybe in your music career per se. Another revenue source, yeah. Like other than selling music, other than performing, or because that's the that's the very you know easy way. Okay, that is is apparent, right? You just perform, you get paid, or you sell your 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 songs on iTunes, you get paid. Are there anything else that you've explored? If no, then you can skip um, this. I mean, the music business has changed so much, you know. Um, Right now, people don't buy songs anymore. It's all about streaming. So artists actually make money from streaming. That's another avenue, you know, Spotify um, and Deezer and all these other streaming platforms and stuff. Um, and merchandise is also another way, you know, merchant merchandising. And um, it's a lot, a lot of different revenues on how you want to make money. That's more on like how good of a businessman you are already, you know what I mean? It's, it's being a musician is... Uh, being a musician is one thing, but being a businessman is another thing, like I feel, yeah. But having a good balance is important for, for your survival, uh, for longevity. Yeah, no, especially, and, and, and especially, you know, when you, when you, when you're an artist, you always just, I mean, your main importance are always being put on this music career or like banging out good music. And sometimes you forget the other aspect that requires you to, to, to have in order to, you know, fuel this and let you continue to do it. Yeah. And, you know, like, were there any instances that, you know, forces you that, that lesson or that you, you taught off at the top of mind? Um, I was, I was very lucky, but because like, um, you know, uh, everything kind of happened at the right time for me, I guess. Yeah. Like going to the army and stuff. I mean, at first, before going to the army, I never wanted to go into the army, of course. <laughs> Like but, us? <laughs> yeah. But after going to the army, I realized like that, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, cause, uh, it gave me kind of two years to kind of figure out like whether, you know, music was the thing that I really wanted to do for the rest of my life. And the army kind of gave me that. Cause I did like 600 over shows in two years, man. Just performing. Just, I had to like dance, sing, act, host, freaking everything, man. Rap, <laughs> everything. So, it made me a, it made me all around the performer. Yeah. yeah, and in the army, you 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 managed to you know work with uh, uh, Jack Neil, Dick Lee, JJ Lin. Uh, no, not JJ Lin, but JJ Lin was from from uh, MDC, oh. but I never worked with him. I never met but, the two. Uh, Dick Lee and Dick Lee, Jack Neil, um, Dick Lee, Jack Neil. Yeah, but I I wasn't working with Dick Lee and Jack Neil because of the army, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. so I I don't trust it. Internet's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> need to fact check this. Yeah, but for for the army, it's more of um. The, 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 the experience that I took away from it, the experience and the skills that I took away from it, 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 it uh, definitely played a very crucial role in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And what were some of the missing pieces that you didn't know before that, you know, uh, that showed itself when uh, you're in the army? Because I think, uh, which again, I, I don't trust the internet, <laughs> uh, that you say, um, 
you learn to be an all-rounder performance and back then you were just a rapper. So what does it mean to be an all-rounder performer? Um, I mean, like, okay, like, you know, learning how to dance and learning how to host on stage and it's, it's all different forms of uh, stage presence, you know what I mean? Um, when, you, when you learn how to dance, you learn about body awareness. You learn how to look good on stage. And when you learn how to host, you learn how to command the crowd. Same thing as, uh, you know, a host is an MC and an MC is a rapper, you know, in, in that sense. You, you have to command the stage, you have to command the crowd. It's controlling a crowd. And the whole thing. Yeah. And, and spending, like, I mean, doing 600 over shows, it gave me so much opportunities to make mistakes. So it, it was a great platform and avenue for me to make mistakes. So I was making as much mistakes as I, as I could make. What are some of this? Uh, I mean, if you are okay, talk about it. Some of the mistakes? Yeah. Uh, what's the most common mistakes that artists uh, did not know before? I mean, um, Little, little things like what to say on stage, what not to say on stage, you know, stage etiquette, um, how you should behave for sound check, how you should behave for rehearsal, how you should, you know, um, talk to the sound engineers, how you should respect everybody on stage, how you should respect. Cause I had to, I had to, I had to do stage setup. I had to like coil wires and everything <laughs> to perform and then do that, you know? So that talk, that really humbled me down a lot. Like, you know, it taught me humility. It taught me like, you know, it's, it's, putting on a performance in a show is never a one-man show. It's always a team. You have to have, um, you have to work with people, you know? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a difference between your stage persona and your personal self? Or uh, if there's a difference at all? I wouldn't say it's a difference, but it's like my stage persona is probably a more amplified version of myself. It's still me, but it's just super amplified. Yeah. <laughs> And why, I mean, maybe why is that necessary? And then, um, I guess maybe the next question isn't relevant. Do you draw the line? Which is, you don't. Yeah. Why, so why is that necessary to amplify uh, yourself on stage? I mean, it sounds like an absolute dumb question, but yeah. Um, why is it necessary? I think, you know, it's entertainment. Like, you don't want to see me brush my teeth. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I'm here to, I'm an entertainer. I'm here to entertain. So, um, it's just basically, you know, uh, making people happy. Yeah. On stage. And that's why everything that you see on stage or whatever is, is, it's, it's still me. It's a persona of mine. And, um, it's just that it's a different, different form that I'm presenting to the public. Yeah. The song, uh, Remember the Name, uh, by, uh, Fort Minor. 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentration, power, will, and then it goes on. I'm not referred by any time. 5% pleasure. 50% pain. pain. What is your personal take on the topic of talent versus luck? Talent versus luck? Or hard work. Talent versus hard work. Talent versus hard work. Um, As an artist. For me, I feel like I'm like, 5%, 5%, I mean, maybe, maybe like 2% talent. Yeah. 98% hard work. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. That's, that's me. Cause talent, anybody can have talent, you know, talent is everywhere, but having that focus and having that vision and having that, um, that the guts 
and the courage to do what you want to do, that's the thing that would set you apart from regular people. Yeah, it's not talent. Why do you say so? Are there any examples? I've seen so many talented people, so many talented people with the wrong attitude, uh, wrong mindset, or lazy, just go down the drain just like that. They could be the most talented people in the world. Yeah, but if you don't have, if you're not willing to put in the work, if you if you're not focused, if you lazy, or if you you know if you take things for granted, if you're not humble, if you're arrogant, you think that you're above people, you think you're a superstar. That's it. You know, talent won't do shit for you. Yeah, it's all about hard work. And the next question would more be like, because you know, there's so much. Um, artists, musicians out there who are struggling, right? Uh, and this is just common everywhere in the world, not just Singapore. Are there any um, yardstick or measure that, you know, like, maybe you should give up. You know, maybe this is not for you. Or maybe this is something that you could work on. Are there anything like that that, you know, one can ask themselves or measure against to know whether this is something that they want to pursue? Because it's very easy to say, oh, just hard work. And then, you know, and then they can spend the next 10 years going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, there's a difference between working hard blindly or working hard smart. You know, working smart is a whole different thing. You have to kind of work smart, but work hard at the same time. You know what I mean? You can't just work hard and like, I mean, if, if, if you can't, if you can't, um, if you have a horrible voice and you sing every day, you obviously, you're not going to be Mariah Carey, you know what I mean? You still have to have that little bit of talent. I'm not saying like talent doesn't matter 2%. at all. Yeah, you got to have that little 2%. That would, this little sprinkle, that would make you like, you know, um, would make everything um, possible. But what I'm saying is like hard work definitely matters, matters a lot more than uh, talent. Yeah. And what are some areas where you think people are not working smartly enough? I think um, sometimes, uh, a lot of times, like even for myself, like any humans, we just um, forget to um, forget to realize uh, our flaws, yeah, and 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 kind of pay attention to them. Like we need to, we fail to be aware of of uh, certain things, and and we we don't reflect enough to know ourselves enough. Because to be able to move forward and to be able to work towards your dreams and navigate and all, you got to have a very strong core. You know, you got to know who you are as a person. You got to know where you stand. You got to know, you got to really know where you stand you, so that, you know, um, you know where your, your, your ship is sailing in, in that way. Yeah. No, no. What you, what you say is really, really interesting. Um, and it's probably... I'll say for myself, right? It's probably only until recently when I speak to so many different individuals in this interview that I know where I am, um, but I never knew before. So, I mean, is there anything for, for others to do or, you know, to, to, to be more self-aware? Um, traveling would help. Yeah, travel. Uh, go explore the world. Um, don't be afraid to take risks. Um, when you're young, just go, just go, go out there, man. Don't, don't be boxed up and don't, 
don't be don't have a caged up mentality like be open-minded like go out there see different cultures experience uh different languages experience different different people you know the way they speak the way they react to certain things and respect people and 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 uh respect when i mean respect i really mean like learning about other people's culture and religion and and, and country and not just tolerating there's a difference between respecting and tolerating and a lot of people confuse the, the both of them they think that uh when they're tolerating people they're respecting people but that's not the case you really got to um humble yourself down and really like speak to to uh the people eye to eye and 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 learn about them and and yeah that's 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 the only way that you can you know find out more about yourself yeah yeah that's so interesting yeah no i mean i'm i, I and i really want to bring out like the the difference between because you spoke about tolerating uh, versus uh, uh, respect you know and i i do feel that i'm more on the respect than 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 tolerate but yeah it's 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 quite hard to you know uh, tell the difference if you don't know yet and i i how would i what what would be a good difference to show you know the 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 two uh terms respect versus tolerating let me give you an example okay, yeah um a lot of people here do not respect the construction workers in singapore they are tolerating them but they claim that they're respecting they're not you know they walk past them and they're like you know they're still bitching about them or they're you know making some stupid ass joke whatever it is you know i mean they're still looking down on them inside here you know what i mean i got it so maybe it's about the conversation that you 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 don't have uh, that you have behind it what do you say about not just about the conversation it's about your thoughts yeah it's about the thoughts that you have about them you want to really respect these construction workers or although they're from uh, bangladesh and everything you really want to respect them you go and talk to them i you mean know, i have tremendous respect for these people because you know look you wouldn't just stand in the sun for, yeah, for exactly. the next 5 hours and try exactly. that doing yeah. me to carry bricks yeah but um a lot of a lot of people don't don't um they think that they're respecting them but they're not they're just they're just tolerating them yeah so that's the difference like yeah. Yeah. i wonder how can one be more respectful instead of being uh just tolerating where do you think you get that from Mm-hmm. Where do I get that from? My mom, I guess. Yeah, my mom, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, I really think just just trying out their their life for a day and, and just seeing that you know, like, and that too, you know, and yeah, just just be open to just put yourself in other people's shoes. I think, yeah. Um. So now that. You no know, you have gained such uh, uh recognition from um many people and 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 awards and stuff and just fans um as if a local musician would come up to you and say hey you know like i'm trying to build a career for myself and maybe let's say 5 years do you think 5 years is a good time yeah okay so let, let's say they have 5 years and then you're like okay let's i want you to work smart i'm going to teach you some stuff You know what skills or experiences uh, will you recommend them to learn or acquire in this five years uh, again? What skills would I recommend them to acquire? Um, or experiences. For five years, I would just ask them to go. I mean, you're talking about musician, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just go travel the whole world and meet different musicians from different parts of the world. Yeah, and that's one. And then you gotta. Work on your craft every single day. 
It's got to be the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning. And it's got to be the last thing you think about before you go to sleep. You know, you got to live and breathe this. It's not just a hobby. It's not just a nine to five job. It's a, it's your life. You know, you got to live and breathe this. Like it's in your blood. Yeah. Would you recommend them to go to MDC maybe? If they can. Yeah. <laughs> if they can. Yeah. If they can, they, they should. Because it's, it's definitely a... Yeah, no, and, and, and I think just by the sheer amount of, of, of show that they do and, you know, coiling wires and all, give them a very good foundation of, yeah. of, of yeah. the industry yeah. as a whole, right? Yeah, for sure. So traveling, uh, uh, doing music and thinking about music all the time, 24 seven and, uh, and, and maybe do a lot of shows, even if you're not the one performing. Yeah. Yeah. Just learn. Yeah. If there are, if you could change some things or one thing in the music industry, what would you be? If I could change the Singapore music industry? Um, if I could change one thing, um, I guess, you know, um, make the, the, the gap between the fan and the artists even smaller. Yeah. If I could, if I could, you know, if I could change anything, you know, that's what, what, what I would What do you mean by the, the gap? Um, you know, nowadays, like you got, you have Instagram and, and, and Twitter and Facebook and all this social media stuff that kind of makes, uh, um, the gap between the fan and the artist like smaller because like they feel closer to you. Right. But you know, if I had, if I, if I could change something, I would make that even closer, you know? Yeah. So like, so that, you know, I can, I can really understand, understand the people and really be the voice of the people, you know, in that way. Yeah. And one aspect about your music, um, that really stood out for me is the, the clarity of your pronunciation. Oh, thank you. And, and I can actually understand uh, what, what you're talking about without looking at subtitles. So, you know, was that something that came naturally to you or did you need to develop this clarity? Um, I definitely needed to develop this clarity, but um, lang language is uh, something that uh, I've always been very interested in as a kid. Yeah, like whether it's a Mandarin or English or whatever language it is, I've always been very um, intrigued with languages. So um, I just spent a lot of time like mimicking different like um you know, uh, the way people from different countries, they speak as a kid, like I would do that a lot. And then, and then eventually it just came to me naturally. Yeah. So by, 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 by mimicking, imitating different languages and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, cause it reminded me actually of, uh, of, of, uh, Danny Wong who, who went, when, when he was a DJ back in power 98, he, he, he actually have a different kind of voice. Different kind of voice. Yeah. And then he was being this at all the time. So he just go to Magnitude Arizona and shout at the top of his lungs and look in the mirror every day and read the, the newspaper. Just read oh, every right. single word. Yeah. yeah until yeah. he yeah. changes. Wow. That would, that would definitely help too, man. That's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, what does music mean to you right now in your current season of life? What does music mean to me? Music uh, is my life. Music is my life. Music is my world. My world revolves around music. Yeah, everything that I do um, revolves around music. Yeah. 
And this is, uh, again, a, a, a little bit of side tangent. When have you lost your way? When have I lost my way? When have I lost my way? Um, I mean, we can skip this. I don't think I've ever, I mean, like, lost, lost my way in a sense, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that the topic sort of came up with uh, the interview with Dani and, you know, saying that uh, at least in music or in entertainment career, there's a lot of ego. Yeah. It's so easy to, to go sidetrack. It's so easy, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how, then how, how, how would you keep yourself in check? You know, what are some of the stuff that you, you do? Or um, I think the important thing is to... Um, Constantly remind yourself that uh, you know you're 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 human, you're normal, like, and keep real people around you that tell you the honest truth, and not yes man, and not people that tell you things that don't, what you want to hear. Um, yeah, you gotta you you gotta have real people around you to kind of keep yourself in check. Yeah, and for me, like you know, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have um, very uh. Uh, great, great people around me, and also my my mom. Yeah, my mom kind of. Um, I think because of her, like I, 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 I never really lost my way in that in that sense. Yeah. What did she? You know, just the way she brought me up, man. She, she. I mean, she's from Malacca, so like, uh, she's from Malacca, and she married my dad. But she grew up in a kampong and everything. So, um, having that mentality, you know, it, 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 I was raised with that mentality. So kind of shape my my thought process yeah and along this journey you know with the the, the rapid rise to uh, i mean one would call success or one would call the increase in viewership or attention any one else or anything that have you know pull you back to the love of of, of creating uh, a music i mean the with the with the sudden rise of uh, attention you know with one of like limpe say for example uh, it just went viral and, and, you know, I, I, I need to deal with this, you know, when one of my videos went viral too. It's just like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like ego stroking when your Facebook page like increases. I guess, I think, cause, um, I was very lucky. Like, um, I think when I was, um, uh, 17, I went on, uh, this show called Life and Loaded on Channel 5, Life and Loaded, like where they featured local musicians and stuff. That was the first time I went on TV. But when I when I did that show, I had a lot of flag. I had a lot of hate, a lot. Like, like the internet was just flaming me and all that. And that's how my career kind of started. So when you know when the love came, it was at a very late part of my career. Gotcha. So when that came, I I already like I've been through all that. You know the hate. So you and ego stuff. proof yourself when you're you're, you're seventeen. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, kind of, kind of in a way, like. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm ego proof. Like, everybody has an ego. You just, you just gotta know, like, when to drop it, you know? And, and, and I think for, in that sense, like, when, when, like, what, what you said about ego stroking and stuff, like, like, I, 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 like, having that happen to me when I was 17, um, made me, like, uh, like, appreciate every, everything. Yeah. Everything that comes my way, yeah. And not only mainly, or just move to directing. Actually, now um, you you actually direct more than just your own music video. You did uh, the the Starhub uh, 
Chinese New York commercial, uh, Wang Ah, and um, the MT- uh, Durex MTV uh, uh, sex ad campaign. Yeah, for World HD. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on the note of directing, what are some common mistakes um, that you can speak about in terms of directing? Or maybe even better, it's like frame us. What, is, what does directing mean to just layman? Um, directing is basically, you know, um, putting the, 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 the guy that's like, I mean, the person that puts together the whole picture and the whole vision. He sees, you have to, as a director, you have to see the whole thing before anybody else can see it. And your job as a director is to make sure that the entire team um, understands your vision and can see your vision. Yeah. And the job of the rest of the team is to bring out the director's vision to, you know, as, 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 uh, as close to whatever he has in mind. Yeah. And are there any uh, common mistakes uh, for young directors? Um, I don't think I don't think I'm in a position to speak okay. about that. Yeah, okay. like I don't think I'm you know on that level where I can say like you know yeah because I'm still I'm still a young director. I'm still a young musician, man. Like you know yeah. Sure. Um, in two, 2015, um, you were part of the the cast for uh, Royston Slim. Oh yeah, three six eight eight, right? Six eight eight. So it's, it's it's not like you have you have not enough things on your on your plate of things to do, really. So why did you decide to you know take up that the gig? Um, what happened was like uh, I did the Our Boys to Men musical. Yeah, I did Our Boys to Men musical because that was part of my time in MDC. So they sent me for the Our Boys to Men musical, and Beatrice Beatrice Chia, the director of the musical, she. She gave me a role where, like, I was just like, uh, like a retarded recruit rapping, like, you know, like. She gave me a scene, and uh, what happened was, uh, Royston came for one of the shows, I think the gala or something, and he saw me rap, and he already had three sixty eight, like the film. It was like the script is done and everything, but he saw me perform, he saw me rap, and he told his producer like, uh, find out who that guy is. I'm, I'm gonna create a role for him. So that's how he created that role. That that whatever role that you saw in Trisic, like the, the 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 kid that was serving coffee and stuff. Yeah, he created that role when he saw me at Our Boys in the Musical. So that's how it came about. And he approached me after that. He's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing a new movie. It's my new movie after seven eight years. Uh, you know, da da da. And you know, like Royston is somebody that I have a lot of respect for. Man. You know, he's definitely an artist of his, in his own right too, uh, visionary. Definitely. So it was an easy, easy yes for you. Yeah, for sure. Like as as a director, I'm a fan of his directing too. So, and I wanted to learn, you know, on set too, like how he he directed people, and you know, he gave me a lot of advice with a lot of things. You know, I would ask him because I wasn't I was acting, but I, I was acting, but with a um, director's mindset in a way. Like I, I wanted to give you know uh, him what he wanted to see on screen. You know, and and. And just different, different stuff. And there was a lot of waiting time in between when you're filming. So I, I, I would look on, on the frame and I would look at the different equipment. Just, it was just like a learning. Just, it was almost like I was interning, you know? Yeah. But I was, I, I was acting, yeah. yeah well, uh, are there any notable lessons that you, 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 you got from uh, Royston? Or do you think he's very good at versus, I don't know, you have any other frame of reference? He, 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 um, he's an artist, man. He's straight up. An artist, he knows how to uh, um, bring out the raw emotions 
from 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 a person. Yeah, yeah. He knows how to do that. Yeah. And this is like one come like artist talk one on one, and then yeah. give the talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows how to make set the scene right. He knows exactly what he wants. He knows like um, what kind of shot or what kind of uh, emotions will get to an audience. You know. Yeah. Royston is just very very good with that. We're going to jump into a, a, a quick round of questions. All right. What is uh, the books or books uh, if you have given the most? Uh, 48 Laws of Power. Uh, Robert Greene. Yeah. Robert Greene, yeah. Great book. Do you want to do a bit of sell on that? Why? And- um, I think everybody should read it. It's, it's a great book for survival. <laughs> yeah. Are there any uh, favorite documentaries or movies? Documentaries right now, I think favorite documentary be Hip Hop Evolution, yeah on Netflix. I think everybody should go check that out. It's like four episodes, I think. Yeah, it talks about the history of hip hop and stuff. And movies probably Departures. That's my favorite movie. Yeah, it's a Japanese movie. Any、uh, local musician that deserve more、uh, recognition? Um, personally, I feel Charlie Lim deserves a lot more recognition. He's a、uh, Very very talented artist. Yeah. What have you purchased recently under hundred dollars that has impacted your life? Uh, uh, damn. Uh, headphones. Yeah, <laughs> headphones. Um,、uh, what is the worst advice you see or hear being given in your circle? Oh, um, that it's okay to, um. Do business to mix business with、uh, family or relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Because emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't mix them up. Yeah. Any advice for your sixteen and twenty-year-old self, and place us where you're at? Any advice?、Uh, I guess.、Um, Just believe in yourself, yeah, and yeah, believe in yourself, and everything will fall into place. Yeah. What What were you doing six? You know, sixteen. Uh, all levels. <laughs> yeah. And twenty. Twenty. Uh, same thing. Yeah, same thing. You know, when you think of the word successful, who came into your mind, and why? My mom, yeah, because she she raised me, and I'm not an easy kid to raise, man. <laughs> yeah, so I give her a hundred percent props to that. To raise a kid like me, it's a it's an achievement for her. <laughs> Are there any routines or habit that you find、uh, important? Brushing my teeth, yeah, morning and night. I think people that don't brush their teeth, nah. <laughs> Uh, what are some of the most common misconception about you or your work?、Uh, misconceptions.、Um, I guess a lot of the times people would think that,、uh, um, like people think that you know I'm 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 like arrogant or like you know I just I just don't want to I just I just don't want to I just don't want to talk to people or stuff like that. But it's just the way I look, man. I I, I look very. Unapproachable, 
a lot of times, but you know, truth is like, I just like to meet people. I just like to talk to people. I just like to learn about different things. So, yeah. Are there any asks or requests for the audience? Uh, last parting words, thoughts to take away, to consider, to try, or otherwise? Mm, I think, uh, yeah, everybody should, you know, anybody watching this or whatever, should just believe in themselves. Believe in yourself, yeah. It's a very important thing to do. Uh, any upcoming projects that uh, people can look forward to? Um, I'm working on my album now, so uh, definitely something coming this year. But no dates yet. We're still working on it, but uh, it, it, it's going to be exciting. Is it a full, a full album, 10 songs? Or? Um, no, nothing yet. Like Okay, yet. okay, okay. We're, we're still see. working on it, yeah. Is, it, is that a name or, you know, to look out uh, for? Or? No, not, not yet. Okay. Not yet, yeah. But this year? This year, yeah. All right. And uh, where can people find you or your projects on the internet? Uh, yeah, Instagram, YouTube. Facebook, everything, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. We're done. Sweet. Boom. Thank Boom. you. Thank you, man. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, my man. Hey, people. It is over. As usual, all short notes, links, books can be found on the website, brianvictor.com. Brian for why. And if you have any misfits you'd like to hear from, feel free to drop me an email. Thank you once again for taking your time, really, uh, to uh, listen to this episode. I hope you learn something from it as much as I do. And... Have a fantastic week ahead.